Setup Nation, you're never going to believe this. I asked Jed Hoyer why the Cubs are having such a slow offseason, and here's what happened next. Hey, Setup Nation and Cubs fans, uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas, and I'm sorry to disappoint you. I didn't actually ask Jed Hoyer that question, but I did in a dream. Believe it or not, that was an actual dream. Side note, PCA also randomly texted me in this dream and said, what's up, Kyle? <laughs> I don't know what that's all about, but uh, I, I started to think about, okay, what if I actually were to ask this to Jed? And so the whole premise of the dream was that I was going to CubsCon and I was able to get an interview set up with Jed. And that was what I came out hot with, which was why are you having such a slow off season? And why is it that you think getting Craig counsel and overpaying him, but not getting a single player is justifiable. How can you justify that? And of course, as soon as I asked that question, I woke up. So I'm thinking to myself, well, what if I actually was given the chance to ask that question and what would his answer be? So I'm going to do kind of a role play for the next 15 minutes or so. And I'm going to pretend like I'm Jed Hoyer giving a completely transparent, not close to the vest answer like he usually does. Answers that are going to basically show behind the curtains of what's going on. And I'm going to give five potential reasons for this being such a slow offseason. But before I do, make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, you're subscribed to our podcast, and that you're leaving a comment on the YouTube channel or you're leaving a review on the podcast. Guys, that helps me out so much and helps us to be able to bring more people into Setup Nation. And I hope that you'll be able to do that. So with that being said, let's get into the first possible answer that Jed could be giving if asked this question. So the way that I'm going to do this is I'm going to propose the question. I'm going to then go into Jed and I'm going to say that before I go into Jed. When I say something in, in Jed's voice, I'm going to say, this is Jed. When I do a little maybe side note as myself, as Kyle, I'm going to let you know that. So here's Kyle asking Jed, what is the reason? How do you justify getting Craig Council and overpaying him, giving him the richest contract in MLB history for a manager, and then not doing a single thing in regards to an MLB signing since that happened on November 6th. His first possible answer, here's what Jed might say. Well, Kyle, that's a great question, um, but here's the deal. Our number one priority this offseason is Cody Bellinger. Unfortunately, with his agent being Scott Boris, He's not budging on the $250 million that he wants for Cody for right around eight to 12 years. It's really only us and the Blue Jays, Kyle, but based on the metrics, we're not even sure if Cody's season was the real deal. His exit velocity was under 90 miles an hour, which really doesn't scream over a 300 batting average like he did have. His expected slugging, his expected batting average, his expected OPS were all lower than his actual end result. So for that season, you know, a lot of the guys here in the front office and a lot of our metrics guys are saying, you know, we're not quite sure if Cody's back to his MVP caliber season, even though the numbers were great, the clutch was great, but we're confident that Cody does want to stay here. And we both want to get a deal done. Both sides want to get a deal done. Uh, we're going to be patient on this thing because again, it's just us and the blue Jays. The giants have pretty much taken themselves out of it when they got uh, their player for the outfield and Jung Ho Lee. In the meantime, though, it, it really doesn't make sense for us to go out and commit to a guy like Reese Hoskins, which I know I've been getting a lot of questions about 
We want Cody at first base and then maybe platoon a little bit in center field to give PCA, to give P. Crow Armstrong a little bit of time to develop. And so if we do that, Hoskins wouldn't really make sense for us. And so with Cody still being our number one target, we really want to see that through. And, you know, a lot of people are now asking, well, could Hoskins be good at DH? Yes, he could. But, you know, at the end of the day, Kyle, he's still also a Boris guy. And so this is going to take some time. That's typically how Scott works. Scott is very diligent. He really wants to do the best for his players. And I understand that. However, uh, at some point, we have to go back to the fact that we're making smart decisions as an organization. And in order to make those smart decisions, we can't overpay for a guy that's just coming off of ACL surgery or overpay for a guy who just had his first good season in Cody uh, since he had his 2020 season uh, where he hurt his shoulder in the World Series. So for those reasons, we've really been delayed. And I think because Scott has so many players on the open market right now, that's a big reason that this may be that we're seeing the market go as slow as it has been. All right, back to Kyle. So that, you know, that's a possible answer, right? Cody Bellinger being the Cubs number one priority, it, it may be possible. And again, uh, he was such a great fit for the Cubs in 2023. And there were so many question marks around him and he answered all those questions. And then some, a lot of the, the, you know, kind of hype around him was not, oh, we're going to get him back to MVP status, but he really got there. The Cubs really just wanted him to be a serviceable player and a great outfielder, and that's what they got, plus great first base work. And so I could really see that being an answer from Jed of, if we get our guy Cody, we want him at first base, so why would we get Hoskins and maybe put him at DH, but that's an expensive DH when we have a guy like Alexander Canario that could potentially DH. We have a lot of different options at DH, especially with a crowded a potential crowded outfield, especially if you add Bellinger back into the mix. You've got Hap, you've got PCA, you've got Canario, you got Suzuki, you got Bellinger. That's five guys that could be in the starting lineup at any given time that all could play the outfield. So for that reason, you don't really see a lot of options there at either DH or first base if they do get Bellinger for a guy like Hoskins. So that's the first possible answer. Second possible answer. Here we go. Going back to Jed. Great question, Kyle. Well, we're in the works with the Guardians right now for Shane Bieber and Josh Naylor. Woo! Okay, side, side note from Kyle. That'd be great. Uh, back to Jed. Now, the reasons that it hasn't happened, Kyle, uh, is basically Guardians are asking for way too much. Uh, names like Kate Horton and Pete Crow Armstrong have been thrown out there. Uh, they've even thrown in Christopher Morell, and we're just not at a point where we're willing to uh, open up the conversation for guys like that to have returns for a guy like Shane Bieber, who's coming off of a down season and a guy like Josh Naylor, who is a high energy guy like a Christopher Morrell, but unfortunately comes with a lot of chase, uh, isn't really the best defender. And so for that reason, we've got a lot of question marks of if we want to give away top talent for guys like Bieber and Naylor. Now with Bieber coming off of an average season, we also believe that he's just not at the point where he's worth getting a, or the guardian should not be getting a return for a, an ACE when really last year, Bieber only threw 120 something innings. He had some injuries and his high three ERA doesn't really scream ACE right now. So do we think we can get him back to that? We really do. We're confident, especially with guys like Tommy Hadovy on our staff. However, 
right now we're just not willing to part with a ton of top 100 guys for a guy like Shane Bieber. Now it would be great for us because of the payroll. Bieber is not owed very much. He's right around 10 to $12 million owed after his arbitration uh, this off season. However, uh, we just don't want to part with that kind of talent for him. And as I mentioned before, Cody Bellinger is our top priority. And if we get him, we won't need a nailer. All right. So with that being said, there's just a lot of question marks around this deal. Uh, could we potentially do a deal that includes just Bieber right now and then go back? And if we don't get Cody, maybe do Naylor. Yeah, that's a possibility. However, we've always found it to be the best practice to get everything done all in one swoop because that's typically the less amount of work, the less amount of paperwork. It doesn't hold us back from from getting deals done outside of this one organization that we're talking to in the guardians. So for that reason, we really do want to kind of tighten this down and yes, Bieber could get picked up by someone else, but we've been in such close communication with the, with the uh, guardians front office that I really do think that we are in a position to be able to jump on this when the timing is right. And Again, we're also kind of getting deep into the conversations with Reese Hoskins. So if, if Reese comes onto the team again, Naylor doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So for this reason, we've really pivoted into Emmanuel Classe. However, the Guardians just haven't really been budging. They really don't want to get rid of him. Understandably, he's one of the best closers in the game. So for that reason, we do think that when the timing is right, Shane Bieber is going to be a great fit for this team. We just have a few question marks around Josh Naylor around Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins, and of course the ability to bring in class A. All right. Done with Jed back to Kyle. Yeah. I mean, this is just, especially after Tyler glass now did not end up coming to fruition. This has been a very hot topic, uh, blockbuster potential trade that the Cubs could make. And it would fill in so many different holes, especially if class A got added in there, but that seems a bit unrealistic at the moment. So if you could just get Bieber and Naylor, assuming they don't get Hoskins, assuming they don't get uh, Bellinger back, then that's a nice, at least short-term fit, you would think, uh, with Naylor at first base and Shane Bieber sliding in at the number two spot in the rotation. You fill in two major holes right there, which would be great. Um, so we'll see where that goes, but I do see the Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins things probably holding this up a little bit as well as the Cubs just probably not wanting to get rid of top talent. All right, third possible answer from Jed, and here we go. Kyle, the whole market is slow right now. Expect to see a ton of movement in January, though. When we started the offseason, here were the holes that we wanted to fill. Third base, first base, some catcher depth. We wanted to add at least one more starter, ideally two, and at least one high leverage reliever. But Kyle, I got to point to you something. There's a ton of off-season free agents still out there. And so back to Kyle, just so for those of you listening out here right now, Setup Nation, I'm not sure if you've looked at this. All you have to do is Google free agents available or free agent tracker, and you'll be able to see right now who's still left out there. Here's just about mm, 15, 20 names that when you look at it, there's still a ton of talent. You got Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, Marcus Stroman, Jock Peterson, Liam Hendricks, Justin Turner, Josh Hader, Alex Wood, Jorge Soler, Sean Manaya, Mike Clevenger, Joey Gallo, Lucas Giolito, David Robertson, former Cub, J.D. Martinez, Brandon Belt, James Paxton, 
Hector Neris, uh, Matt Moore, Frankie Montas, CJ Crone, Jerickson Profar, Carlos Santana, Tommy Pham, Michael Taylor, Whit Merrifield, Tim Anderson, eh, I'll, I'll pass, uh, Araldis Chapman, Harrison Bader, and Brad Hand. Tons still left on the open market. You know, we, we get into this mode of like, oh, we didn't get Otani. We didn't get Glass now. We didn't get Yamamoto. And we're missing out on so much. But look at what all is still left, right? So just putting that in perspective for you. Back to Jed. Of those guys, Kyle, we're seriously talking to three or four. But even if it's not free agency, we're working on some trades. Our, our entire goal is to leverage our great farm system, but we're not looking to deplete it either. So we do believe that we could get rid of potentially one or two of our top 100 guys and still keep things intact. I want to point out to you, Kyle, that we have a very packed outfield. So with guys coming up like Kevin Alcantara, like Owen Casey, like Pete Crow Armstrong, there's there's with Ian Happ and Suzuki and Alexander Canario, there's just so many outfield options. So that puts us in a very advantageous position to say, do we need to hold on? to all of those guys. And the answer right now is no. So we could see ourselves getting rid of maybe one or two of those guys without feeling like it impacts the roster for the next two to three years and get a really nice return. Maybe we can get a Shane Bieber in return. Maybe we can get a Josh Naylor, maybe even an Emmanuel Classe if the Guardians do budge on that. We, we do not, though, what I want to make very clear is we do not want to go into February with any question marks. So expect January to be extremely busy, maybe one of the busiest months that you've seen in Cubs offseason history. So with this answer, right there and back to Kyle for a second with this answer, we're we're looking at he's comparing everything to the market, right? It's been held up by Boris. It's been held up by Otani. It's been held up by Yamamoto. There has been some movement in other areas. You know, you could point at the Royals and say, well, that hasn't held them back from making any moves. And that is the truth. You could look at the Cardinals and say that hasn't held them back. And aside from Sonny Gray, I'm not really excited about anything the Cardinals have done. Uh, but there is a lot of reason to say like, yeah, I mean, look at that list. And guys, I, I didn't even go into all of the free agents that are still left. That's just some of the guys that stand out to me that could make impacts on just about any team here in 2024. So I think January is going to be crazy. Usually December is that month because of the winter meetings, but this year it seems like January is going to be that meeting that, that time. All right. The fourth potential answer from Jed Hoyer. Kyle, we spent a lot of time in Japan this off season, both for Yamamoto and Imanaga. And obviously we didn't get Yamamoto, but we do have a legitimate chance at Shota Imanaga. And so I really want fans to know that when you send all of these resources overseas and you have all of these, especially when he's come into the States to visit us, it's difficult to make progress on the rest of the market when you have so many resources going overseas. And now that we're towards the end of this saga, we should be able to make a competitive offer to Imanaga. Whether he accepts or not is going to be up to him, but we should be able to make moves on the rest of the market. And yes, we still have been dipping our toe in the rest of the market. However, we're really high on Imanaga. And if we can get him, aside from Cody Bellinger, he would be our next top offseason priority. All right, back to Kyle. That would be great, right? I mean, 
we haven't seen as much of Imanaga just because Yamamoto has been the number one guy that everyone has been looking at this offseason. Uh, and now that he's off, it, it seems like Imanaga could be a great fit. You know, he started the the final game of the baseball world classic here. Um, he's got great stuff. He's not, he's not going to overpower you. He's got the 92 to 93 mile an hour fastball, but deception and a splitter, which from a lefty, you just don't really see very much. I think this could be a really cool fit for the Cubs and especially needing another starter. Suddenly you do that. Now you've got a much deeper and a longer rotation that if Assad needs to come in as a swing man, right, and make a spot start every once in a while, that is a better kind of spot for him, I think, than being a number five starter and always making starts. His value seems to be the biggest in the the bullpen and then making that spot start every once in a while. So this could be really cool. Um, you know, I don't know how many <laughs> uh, resources actually go into doing things overseas, but I got to imagine it's a lot more distracting for a front office when you're sending people to Japan than just staying here in the States. So that could be the, the fourth answer. Now, the final answer that I hope is not the answer, but it's one of the ones that I know a lot of us have been thinking. So back to Jed. Great question, Kyle. Uh, unfortunately, Tom Ricketts has really handcuffed me this season. Sidebar, of course, Jed would never say that, but... Again, we're playing the transparent game. Let's assume for a second that he was allowed to say whatever he wanted without getting in trouble. So back to, to Jed here. He told me he does not want to exceed the luxury tax, which is $233 million, unless we were to include Shohei Otani in that payroll for 2024. He pretty much pays for himself for that reason. We were willing to go over the, the luxury tax, but we tried our best with Shohei. and. Now I've got about 55 to $60 million to work with. So we have to be strategic. And I knew when council became available, that was going to be our best shot to win with a limited budget. Uh, now, do we want to have that mindset? No, but again, I've only got about 55 or 60 million to work with. So we have to work on bringing back Cody and maybe another frontline starter, but my hands are pretty tied here. And for that reason, we have to be extremely strategic we have to make some trades. We have to maybe get some of those guys that are towards the tail end of their career, like a David Robertson potentially coming back. Um, that that would make sense for a lower budget fit for the bullpen. We might have to look at some guys from the farm system to fill in those spots in the bullpen. And we're really excited about Cade Horton. We think he's going to be as long as he's healthy, as long as he continues to be on the same track as he was last year. And with our amazing uh, development with pitching and what we have behind the scenes. We believe that he could very easily slot in as a number two or number three starter, maybe in June at the latest for us. So we, th we think that's kind of one of the ways that we might go is the farm system this year. And as we start to see maybe some more competitive baseball, then I think Tom might come in and say, okay, now's the time to spend. However, he does not believe that right now is the time to spend. And I have to respect that he is my boss. All right, guys, back to me. Um, let's hope that last answer is not the one. I do think that there is major reason to believe that, yes, this is not the 2015 Cubs that won 95 games. And now it's time to go all in. And, you know, they went for Jason Hayward. And at the time we thought that was a major, major signing and ended up being, you know, he was one of the reasons that we won the World Series because of that 
that chat in uh, extra innings. However, from a production standpoint, he did not end up being the guy. But that was really that year. They said, okay, we have so many of these holes filled. Now let's go all in. And I just don't think that that's where the Cubs are at. They have really good pieces. They have amazing defense, but they're missing major spots in first base, uh, third base. Uh, they, they really, in, aside from uh, hoping that Jan Gomes is going to have another great season, the catching depth is not quite there. The pitching depth is not quite there. And there's a lot of question marks on what PCA is going to do in his first full season if given that shot on opening day. So there's just so many questions that it does not make sense in my mind to go all in and start spending all this money if you have so many missing pieces. So I, I do think that that is a potential reason, especially that Craig Council was brought in because when you have all of these missing pieces, you have to be so strategic about every move that you make in game. And that's what Council's really good at. So is it possible that they went out and gave $40 million to Council to kind of be that glue for what could be a very mismatched roster? I Yeah, I think so. Um, but... Do I think that's the actual answer? No, I don't. I do think that there's going to be some big signing before the end of the offseason, um, if not two or three. I do think there might be a trade or two. I just hope that they don't use this as the excuse that, that there's not enough money when in reality there's definitely enough money. But hey, what do you think? I'd really like to know what your thoughts are on any of these answers. Which is the most likely? Uh, again, let's just recap them really quick. The first one is that Cody Bellinger was a priority. Second one was that they're working on a deal with the Guardians. It's just had some hangups. The third is that the entire market is slow. Fourth is that they had a lot of resources going to Japan for Imanaga and Yamamoto. And the final is that Tom is just handcuffing Jed. Which one do you think is the most reasonable answer? Please comment on the YouTube video if you're watching uh, or sorry, if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Make sure you leave a review. And if you do want to interact with me, just follow us on social media. Both Instagram and Twitter is at SetupManPod. Guys, that's going to do it for the Setup Man podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on here and listening to my crazy, crazy antics about what Jed Hoyer might potentially say. Uh, I'm going to go put my arm on ice. We'll see you next time.